0: Good morning and welcome to the original Loretta Brown Show. Radio would open the heart, heal the soul, and awaken the consciousness. And it is foggy, foggy. Be careful. I wish I could make like a fog sound. Yeah. <laughs> it's definitely. Thank you. Is that all right? Yeah, I loved it. I That's great. Work on a, a yeah, I to do there. that. Um, you know, on my way to the radio station, I was telling people I like, got. <laughs> you're making me laugh. Lando, I know. <laughs> Look out! Well, and I kind of felt like that because it was pretty thick fog where I mm-hmm. live, and uh, then I had to navigate the school buses. And um, I'm always glad that parents bring their kids down to the bus stop and hang out with them. Super and smart, very safe, smart. Thinking about it. it, can be a couple of minutes late. That's fine. It's for the yeah. future. as are the children do it for them. Yeah, absolutely. And um so yeah, if you're out and about, be careful, drive safe. Mm-hmm. Uh, pay attention. That's my best advice for this morning. Mm-hmm. Pay attention. Yeah. So we're almost halfway through November. I can hardly deal with it. Um how <laughs> many shopping sh- how many <laughs> shopping days till Oh, okay. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, in case you're into the Christmas thing, and then also I just Posted a funny thing on my Facebook about, you know, it snows in November because people put their Christmas trees up right, you know, so early. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> um, you sure do. By the way, if you do that, that's fine with me. I love the holidays. I love decorating for things. I think things. a few things would be okay. Yeah. not the tree. That's just me. <laughs> I'm sorry. This is where we differ. <laughs> well, I don't have my tree up. I wait for everything until after Thanksgiving. Right, I'm an old-fashioned right, girl. Get it, I get it. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So anyway, it's coming up. I hope you're starting to get into the mood and with Thanksgiving coming up, I always spend now the we're month talking. of November giving yes. thanks. I I mean that it sounds kind of corny, but I do. I every morning I get up and I I list like five things I'm grateful for. Mm-hmm. And uh, sometimes I list the same things over again. And then sometimes there's, Benny, I'm just confessing on the radio, sometimes there's those things you're not all that grateful for, and you're like, oh, i got to figure out how to be grateful for that. Yeah, it happens. <laughs> it yeah. happens. It happens. It's all for the good. Mm-hmm. It is. It's all for the good. Yeah. Well well said. So I'm the owner of Reiki Oasis, located right here in the greater Seattle area. We're going into 25 years in business. Ah! And we offer all kinds of things. Of course, we do lovely uh, Reiki. And I call my business Reiki Oasis so that you'll get the idea that when you come over there and you come into our beautiful energy and our space, this is a time for you to take for you. And receive some nourishing, receive some clarity, get your chakras and your energy field all cleared up. And then, of course, uh, for those that asked, I, I do have a, a, a degree in clinical hypnotherapy, psychology. I'm a registered counselor for the state of Washington and an ordained minister, and I do all that stuff. You know, it kind of runs hand in hand once you're doing one uh, sort of healing thing. You're, you're doing a lot. So find out everything about Reiki Oasis at ReikiOasis.com and schedule at schedule.ReikiOasis.com. We do have a couple things coming up, very quick announcements the Temple of the Divine Feminine, my monthly class with women, is uh, very popular. It's well attended. It's Saturday, the day after tomorrow, November 16th. It is a four-hour get-together from 1230 to 430, and we do all kinds of amazing things. It is for women only because I feel like we need to join our hearts together together. And also, we do lots of healing. We do circles. We talk. We cry. We giggle. Um, We have a really, really good time. So this Saturday, we are going to be sharing sacred cacao, and we will be doing uh, kind of an introspective um, uh, uh, exercises and journey. And, of course, we will be doing the Power of Eight Healing Circles at the end of everything else we do. So please come on out. You can sign up at schedule.regioasis.com. Or send an email to me, Loretta Brown. Send it to ReikiOasis at gmail.com if you have questions. This coming Sunday, November 17 at 7.30 in the evening is my monthly Crystal Bowl healing meditation and concert. You get tickets through Bala Yoga in Kirkland. Wear yoga clothes. Bring crystals for cleaning and clearing to include your chakras. And uh, be ready to just, like I said, bathe in the sound. Uh, I am a a sound practitioner. I'm a frequency worker. And I really believe that that's the best place for us to begin to work from the inside out. So come on out this Sunday evening. Bring your friends with you. Uh, You will have a very good time. Saturday, November 23rd is the Reiki 2 class for those people who have been through Reiki 1. And you're ready for the next class it would be Reiki, too. So sign up for that. Also, and a big thank you to my Patreons. This show is listener-supported. Airtime is not free. And my gratitude to you, who have chosen to be part of the Loretta Brown Show community, is boundless. So I thank you every single day. Every little bit helps. Patreon.com slash the Loretta Brown Show. And, wow, like I don't have enough going on. Every year at the end of the year, I do an end-of-the-year uh, ceremony called a despacho. Uh, some people call it prayer bundles. I was initiated into this years ago, and I'm offering it Thursday evening, December 26th, or Friday, December 27th at 7 p.m. Space is limited. I only have room for so many people. And uh, it's uh, those people that have done it c- usually come every year because it's, it's powerful. We clear out the old, we bring in the new. And once again, you can sign up at schedule.reikioasis.com. And if you have questions, please contact me. And my last announcement like, whew, I'm out of breath. Uh, February 19 through March 4 is my trip to Egypt. On a private yacht, sailing on the Nile River, going to the temples, and uh, having a wonderful time. So excited! I know it's it's great. Uh, The trip still has room. I'm I'm at least half full. I've got oh you know a couple of people trying to make their decision. Uh, But if you want to go on this trip, this is a once in a lifetime, um, life changing opportunity. I believe that the temples and the ancient sites are alive, meaning that they carry a a knowledge there in that energy. And I specifically take a small group of people so that um, I can work with you and we can work with each other. And it's just fantastic. So Egypt, February 19 through March 4 of 2020. If you want to come, um, send me an email, reikioasis at gmail.com and we'll send you all the itinerary and the costs. And by the way, somebody the other day sent me an email and said they'd love to go if all costs were paid for. Well, I would love to be able to do that for you, but unfortunately, (laughs) I'm not in in the abundant place yet where I can do that, so um, you do have to pay for the trip. I want to make that clear. Somebody, uh, if, if somehow I've said something that misled people... I just want to clarify that. And, of course, we'd love to have you come. Very quick astrology note, and then I have an excellent guest today. We did have a full moon on Tuesday, and I can't imagine you missed it. Oh, my gosh, Benny, when I was going home last night, that moon is so big, and it had little wispy, dark clouds across it. And, you know, I wanted to take a picture. I tried to take a picture, and my phone just... I don't know, just couldn't deal with the energy of it, just could not get a picture. Too good to be true. I guess it didn't want to be photographed. I guess so. Mm-hmm. It was you have like to take your word for it. Every picture was just light. It was just pictures of light. Beaming, emanating. And from it the was sky. like, well, there, there, there she is with her full face. You can only then speak about it. Yeah. But this full moon is in Taurus. It has brought us courage and determination to shine through dark times. And if you're ready for greater prosperity, fulfillment, or just something more true to yourself, now's the time to renew your vision. A big step forward is just around the corner. And for some of you, your feet are already moving forward on that path. We are in an absolute huge cycle of death, birth, and life. And it's all being played out in this very, uh, I'm going to say, powerful regenerative energy. Mercury is doing something very interesting right now. And as you know, Mercury is retrograde in Scorpio. It's not retrograde in Gatorade like I posted. That was a joke. And it, it is actually Mercury passed closer to the sun than at any other time in this century this week. And so this solar heart connection has the power to reset your minds and your hearts and to be open to new ideas coming through. Now, we have an aspect of Mars coming up. And in Aries, Mars is the warrior. And in Capricorn, Mars is the general. But in Scorpio, which it's going to be in, Mars is the hunter who gets what he wants. So this aspect from courageous Mars is really empowering you and helping you grow in your personal life, in your business, and your career opportunities. And thankfully, we have a heart-centered reception with Venus, between Venus and the warrior Mars. So uh, Venus is able to give us a little bit of charisma and tact, (laughs) as opposed to Mars, who comes hacking in with her swords or his swords. Right. So if you're ready to work with this powerful energy, Now's the time to step forward and I really I have to tell you I can't think of a better energy to have my guest on the show today. My guest today is Jeffrey Firewalker Schmidt PhD. He is a man who may be able to help you get what you want, especially if you've been wanting to develop new skills and insights or deal with your addictions. Jeff is a scientist, a musician, A ceremonialist and a folk healer. He's recognized as a world leading authority on the subject of tobacco. And for many years, Jeff studied the neuroprotective properties of compounds found in tobacco and helped start a company to fight diseases like Parkinson's and Alzheimer's based on this research. Over the years, his relationship has shifted to working with tobacco as a teacher and a catalyst for sacred healing. And after a concentrated apprenticeship with noted noted curanderos in Peru and North America, Jeff was given the title of of One Who Heals With Tobacco. Jeff has launched All of My Relations, a -a one-of-a-kind web platform aimed at ending tobacco dependence. And it's so exciting to have you on the show, Jeff.
1: Welcome. Thank you so much, Loretta. It's great to be with you and all of your listeners.
0: Yeah, and boy, we have a lot of ground to cover. I had to talk so much. Sorry about that. (laughs) Um, No worries. Yeah, I would like, you know, this is a broad question, but to give people some idea of who you are and what your background is, what led you to this path with the tobacco and the development of your program?
1: Well, that's a, that's a great question. And and as with many things on the, the sacred path of learning and awakening and healing, um, this wasn't at all planned. I sort of have lived, if you think about our astrological context, I'm a Gemini, so I've literally lived two independent lives for uh, most of my years on the planet. One is a as a scientist, a neuroscientist doing um, research on uh, the brain, and and then on the other hand, training and um, learning as a curandera, as a, a native healer in the the healing arts of South America. Now I uh, am an advocate for those uh, for those traditions and run a big education program in those traditions as well. And and um, much of what I'm doing now is uh, In the capacity of a bridge person, working between the domains of you know traditional Western science and and native uh, native worldview, to try to help promote uh, um, shifts in consciousness, very much like uh, you, Loretta, my key interest in uh, in life is helping helping people heal and shift and lift consciousness.
0: Why do you call your program All My Relations Program? It's an odd name for a a tobacco program or an addiction program.
1: Yeah. Well, first and foremost, um, the idea of relationship and getting into balanced, harmonious, and right relationship between uh, yourself and the rest of nature is at the core of what I'm Offering here, addiction is a fairly uh, recent concept that has, you know, come into the vernacular. And and um, the downside is that when you label someone as an as an addict or uh, pathologize, you put them in a box. You know, I firmly mm-hmm. believe that no one is helpless. That that if we assess our inner world and we meet our bodies again with compassion and and with an open um, attitude to exploring those places within us that that are hidden that cause us suffering that that helps us get into right relations. So the idea of treating any sort of dependence or addiction on the basis of the addiction itself, I believe, is not the path. The path is to understand the underlying reasons why we do healthy and unhealthy things in our lives. And when we find out that's why, it becomes easier to shift the addictive pattern so that that moniker, that name, all of my relations, is at the heart of this program. My goal isn't to help a person never touch tobacco again. My goal is to help people wake up, accept themselves, be compassionate to themselves and others, and find new ways of relating to themselves in the world that is fulfilling, compassionate, and awakened.
0: You know, that's, you just said a lot. Um, I'm going to go back to that statement that you said, like, you believe no one is helpless. Um, You know, I I don't want to, you know, point fingers at other programs out there but you know one of the one of the uh basic ideas is you know i can't do it myself right so are you right. saying that in your program that you're because uh, i can feel what you're saying like like you go deep inside a person and really um and i use that word heal uh, lightly but um Basically, heal from the inside out. Like, what is the root issue? What, why, why are you having these addictive behaviors? And are well, these addictive behaviors then more like um, uh, surface symptoms?
1: Yes, 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 and yes. You okay. know, first, first and foremost, the the way that native and indigenous traditions that I've studied inform this program has mostly to do with the the almost universal idea that, that we actually have within us all all the wisdom, all the resources that we need to lead a healthy, awakened and joyous joyous life. And so in that regard, I would never, for instance, call myself a healer because I believe that, that healing, the the Potentiality of healing is a fundamental aspect of of the intelligence of the universe. My role, your role, and the role of all of our colleagues who have that as a vo- have healing as a vocation, actually hold space for people to discover and awaken within themselves that potentiality. And that potentiality is never helpless, is never um, without um, without internal agency. Now, does that mean that we don't need other people, that we don't need community, we don't need some brothers and sisters holding up the sacred mirror for us? Not at all. We we need each other. But there's a big difference between that need for community, because we are communal animals, and a big difference between, you know, acknowledging and accepting and, and resourcing ourselves in that way and, and then and then saying we're helpless. Big difference.
0: Yes, um, I actually agree with you. I think community is vitally important, uh, especially as we move forward, you know, into, like, I look across our world at at everything that's going on, and part of me feels like we're just really disconnected from the earth and from each other. You know, it's um, kind of part of the problem, I suppose you might say.
1: Um, Well, this is absolutely, this is absolutely true and absolutely the heart of it, and what I've discovered in my years of working with individuals and groups is that in order to bring a person back into a place of, of rich, mutually beneficial con- connection, you have to start with yourself. And and at the core of the program, this All My Relations Program that, I, that I'm developing, is a reintroduction, a resettling into your embodied experience because your body Will always tell you the truth. Will always tell you the truth. It is the greatest instrument you have. It's the interface between your conscious embodied soul and the rest of nature. And we and we have enculturated in in, in certain ways in the industrialized West that have taken us out of our embodied experience. So the, so the question is simple: How can we possibly have right and balanced relationships with the Earth? Communities of
0: our families, if we're not in the right relationship with ourselves. Yeah. Yeah. Th- that's absolutely correct. Um, ah, you know, I, I say to my clients all the time, you know, your body is always telling you the truth. It's like, I hurt. I feel good. I feel bad, right? I don't have any energy. Yeah. And yeah, I think we, connection is the right word there. We've lost connection with ourselves, our divine aspects, the earth, each other. It's just go, go, go all the time, yeah.
1: Um, That's right. And, you know, yeah. when we think about this on the global level is that, you know, to truly transmute, you know, these patterns of abuse that, that many of us are caught in, we have to come from a place of compassion and truth and understanding rather than a place of combativeness and illusion. And it's interesting that tobacco is, in many ways, uh, a metaphor for many crises that that, uh, that humanity faces. You know, the misuse of this plant, without a doubt, has precipitated global health, you know, major global health crises. Yet the plant itself isn't this evil, cancer-causing weed as most people understand it. Because, you know, it's understood by ancient cultures throughout the world to be one of the most potent in- intelligences on the planet, one of the most potent healing plants. There's so many lessons underneath this, including I think the key one: you misuse a powerful tool and you end up with very serious consequences.
0: Okay, that's a that is a powerful statement, and I want to do more clarification on that for the listeners because I, uh, interestingly enough, Jeff, a, a few weeks ago ran into uh, somebody from Bali who was doing healing with cigarette smoke. Right. Or or tobacco. Right. Right. And I really want to talk about that because I think this is really important. Um, Can you talk about, you know, because everybody does talk about, okay, tobacco is really, really bad. And and um, can you also uh, create a difference or an explanation of is there a difference between like um, naturally growing tobacco, like if you grew it in your backyard with a broccoli in and cigarettes, right? And this conscious and unconscious thing.
1: Yes, I think I think the, the, the latter um, point that you made, conscious versus unconscious, is really the, the healer at it. If you look at um, cultures around the world, like in, in Bali, um, the shamanic healing practitioners there will use tobacco, mostly in smoked form, sometimes in liquid form, to to act as a, as a, as a catalyst to um, help enhance certain healing processes, and you find this throughout, throughout the world. Um, there are a couple of very interesting anecdotal pieces here, like for instance, most of the people that I've learned from and interacted with around the globe that use tobacco for healing say simply this, never put tobacco in your lungs because it'll make you very sick. So the idea in indigenous and you know, in sacred use of tobacco is, is um, you never put it in your lungs because that that's actually very very harmful. Maybe we could take a second and, and actually go into the experience of what a he, you know a healing practitioner would do with tobacco, and and it starts with relationship. Um, the idea is that tobacco isn't just a plant, it is actually a, a conscious, a conscious teacher repository of wisdom and information that has been with humanity since the very beginning. And there are a whole set of traditions around the planet called the vegetalista traditions that essentially the healer, shaman, what have you, actually take on a plant or a Set of plants as teachers rather than uh, human beings, mm. and uh, that was my path with with tobacco and a number of other plants, and and so you're in a place of sacred reciprocity with this intelligence, so that the the physical aspect of the plant, its biochemistry, all that stuff becomes secondary to the relationship and to the field of intentionality that you create as a practitioner so yes it does matter how the tobacco is grown where it's grown how it's processed and the intention uh that, that surrounds the conditions of its production you know if it's produced to make money right. it's going to have a very different effect than if it's produced with prayer and intentionality to be used to heal yeah
0: yeah i i'm um... Um, I'm loving what you're saying. We're going to take a station break and then come back and talk more about it. But this idea of intentionality, I'm always very aware of, um, you know, whether I'm using essential oils or or whether I've got the the Reiki flowing or whatever the food I'm eating. I'm always um, very aware of the intention behind that, which I, I can only imagine how wonderful it must be to have that connection with the plants and like the shamans, sing to them or communicate with them and have them teach you. This is, um, if it's so rich and full. I, I, I just think it brings the, uh, the probably the healing pl- properties of the plants out. And uh, you you begin working with them in a marvelous way. Um, hold that thought, Jeff. Uh, this is Loretta Brown. And my guest today is Jeffrey Firewalker Schmidt, Ph.D., and I'm saying all of that, Jeff, because if people look for you, I want them to find the right Jeffrey Schmidt. (laughs) There's a couple of them out there. And uh, we are talking about um, uh, tobacco and also tobacco addictions. Don't go away. We'll be right back. Energy is powerful. It's all around us, mysterious, full of potential. Directing positive healing energy to raise your vibrational rate through Reiki can change your life. Reiki master Loretta Brown has relieved stress, sadness, anger, and even helped clients lose weight, stop smoking, and end sleep disorders. Worldwide, people have sought out Reiki Oasis. If you want help with your dis-ease, visit ReikiOasis.com. Harness life's energy.
1: Visit ReikiOasis.com today. An alternative to everything else on your radio dial. Alternative Talk 1150.
0: Welcome back to the original Loretta Brown Show with my guest, Jeffrey Firewalker Schmidt, Ph.D., and his program, All My Relations to Help End Tobacco Addiction. Um, Jeff, I would like you, if you could, to go through some of the uh, neuroscience behind the benefits of tobacco? Because obviously, you know, we all are going, what is he talking about, right? Um, and I also do have clients who are cigarette smokers and who are wanting to stop smoking. And so this is a interesting conversation. So please, if you could cover some of the benefits or some of the neuroscience of tobacco.
1: I'd be delighted. So in the mid, early to mid-90s, a number of big epidemiological studies were um, conducted and actually came out with a very surprising set of results. And that is that um, there was an inverse correlation between t- tobacco smoking and neurodegenerative disease, like diseases like Parkinson's, Alzheimer's, cognitive dementia, et cetera. And this was seen over a fairly large population and um seen consistently through a number of studies. So basically the the outcome was of the studies can be summarized like this. If you smoke for approximately 5 years at any point of your life, your chances of getting Alzheimer's for instance are cut almost in half. And if you if you don't, you know, die of cardiovascular disease or cancer from smoking, um, if you survive, the chances of getting Alzheimer's or much less. And then, in addition, if you are unlucky enough to um, be diagnosed with, with neurodegenerative disease, the age of onset is pushed to an older age. This um, was one of the great mysteries at that time about um, nicotine being the active substance and the, and its interaction with the brain. And there was this also, and in a way, much more Tantalizing intellectual um, challenge and mystery, and that was that when a person uses tobacco, um, they are able, consciously or unconsciously, to choose the outcome of the smoking. It can be a stimulant, a relaxant, a euphoriant. It can it can help you enhance your memory and your focus, your power of attention. It can be an aphrodisiac. It can settle the um, gastrointestinal system, especially around digestion. And the question was, how can one substance, nicotine, do all of these different things? And um, so there was the beneficial neuroprotective effect that nobody understood, as well as this sort of Swiss army knife quality that nicotine had in terms of its interaction with consciousness. And um, I was very fortunate to be part of a global consortium of, of um, researchers that actually not only figured out how this was working at, at the level of uh, um, neurochemistry and neuroanatomy, but we also founded the first um, pharmaceutical company focused on taking this knowledge and using it to uh, develop novel treatments for uh, neurodegeneration so it's so interesting that that on the one hand we know that there are so many negative health effects if you misuse this plant and at the same time just from the West, just under the western lens of, of you know physiology and biochemistry there are all these beneficial effects it's a very very complex uh plants
0: Oh, I, yeah, I'm I'm hearing it. I want to kind of emphasize this with the listeners because I know what people are thinking out there. So this misuse of the tobacco, right, like a lot of people are trying to um, medicate themselves, right, or somebody listening might go, oh, I'll just smoke a bunch of cigarettes and I won't get Alzheimer's, right? That's not exactly right, is it?
1: No, that that is, that is absolutely <laughs> not correct. Yeah, the the um the if you if you take that approach, the chances of you getting cardiovascular disease, um, cancer, or so many other major health issues um, come to play that that certainly get in the way of you enjoying a, a lower risk of neurodegenerative.
0: <laughs> Thanks. I was just sometimes put that out there so that it's like, yeah, that's what they're thinking, right? <laughs> right so in your program and I, I i'm i'm fascinated by these um this uh, uh how the nicotine helps with neurodegenerative diseases right and, and your novel treatments can you talk a little bit about your program and what makes it different from other tobacco or addiction programs and you touched on Absol- that before but i just want you to go deeper
1: into it yeah absolutely the, the- Piece that we touched on before was that this really has everything and nothing to do with tobacco itself. It has to do with, with how do we become more aware in our embodied experience of of the healthy relationships that we establish and the unhealthy relationships. Um, that's the that is the, the overall goal. The actual program itself um, makes use of a number of you know ancient wisdom. Teachings and traditions, as well as as um, modern neuroscience and positive psychology. This is a, and I think the listeners will, your listeners will like this. This is a musical program. Um, there are three components, and two of the three components um, have have um, musical backgrounds that were composed by myself and um, a world-renowned uh, percussionist sound healer named River Gregarian. And um, so the first component are recordings that lead you through certain processes, certain journeys, certain exercises to help um, with various aspects of returning you to your embodied experience and and starting to help you um, shine a light on Relationship that you have with tobacco in the rest of life, and then there are uh, the second piece, or there are recordings that are meditation recordings that have no narrative or no words, but underneath those original recordings are um, very high-tech diachronic beats by binaural frequencies that help your brain achieve. State and make adjustments to support the cognitive and emotional changes that you're you're making in order to achieve the, the goal of, of right relations with tobacco and other things. And then the third component has to do with just having a little bit of self-reflective homework and journaling each month. That's sort of the that's sort of the package as a whole. And I'll definitely emphasize the. He's having to do with positive psychology. You know, I am a huge proponent of of positive psychology because finally there's a community in the the, um, academic arena that's actually asking the question, wow, what works when it comes to the brain and consciousness versus always focusing on what's wrong? And we've learned so much from positive psychology that can be applied directly to um, helping bring ourselves into right relations, and that includes addiction. That
0: sounds like a wonderful program. Um, how long does it take to get through your program?
1: Well, we have, we have designed this to be a, a six-month journey of, of learning and self-reflection. We understand, really, Loretta, that, that um, people who pitch overnight success with <laughs> with no work and yeah. no effort is, is just it's it's really an illusion. Um, and you know part of part of the the teaching of doing this over six months is that is that we want to share with people this deep ancient wisdom that all of our challenges, whether they're illnesses or or discordance with um, other people or something in nature, it's, it, it, these things are our greatest teaching opportunities. And, and to mine the gold, if you will, from getting over an addiction or moving past an illness has to do with actually writing, changing your relationship between that yourself and that which is making you suffer. You know, we tend to want to push away the darkness. We tend to want to push into a closet and, and, and turn our backs uh, away from what is, is causing discomfort. And what we're helping people do here is actually to find the still point and the witness consciousness so you can actually, like an explorer, go into these things and go, what are you trying to tell me? What are you trying to teach me? And when we do that, our, the natural intelligence, of our and the healing capacity of our bodies just awaken that's the that's the true power
0: that is um very well said to change the relationship between the self and either the addiction what is causing the problem so uh, if i'm hearing you correctly this program you, you know i know how this works in 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 what i do where people will come in w- for one thing, right, like uh, I want to stop smoking or I've got this pain in my left shoulder. And then through the process, um, uh, uh, and there is self-exploration in there, but in the process they quite often have other things sort of disappear out of their life. Is that uh, an accurate way of defining what
1: happens when people go through your program? Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, and and it's it has I think it has to do with awakening something that all of us share, and sometimes something that we don't use um, broadly enough. We all have this deep instinctual understanding. Like when a little kid comes to us, whether you're a parent or not, a little kid who is troubled and out of sorts, we know exactly what to do. We hold space. We say we see you. I see you're uncomfortable and suffering, and you and you hold space and. And in that holding of space, the emotions come to the surface and do what they need to do and are seen, and, and the child gets over it. Isn't it ironic, Loretta, how infrequently we give ourselves that very gift when we're uncomfortable? Mm-hmm. And, and you know what we're trying to do here is help people come to a place where they meet the discomfort of the addiction, the discomfort of shame and judgment and self-loathing in a completely different way i see you thank you for showing yourself to me this is this turns the tables completely and really helps us open up our our deep well of healing intelligence
0: that's interesting i um just yesterday was saying to a client you know you have to look right at it um you need to see it and it needs to see that you're seeing it right it needs to be seen yes and like you say, we are often so afraid of looking at whatever the problem is or the addiction. I, I, I think there's a part of us that's like, I don't want to admit I've got this thing going on, right? And um, it's shadowy. You know, it's that shadowy thing. And one thing I know is that if we shove things into the shadow, they don't stay there. You know, they they come out. They come out. Yeah. yeah. like a a monster from the closet. But, yeah, I I really like what you're saying. I I have a question. Um, Why is tobacco so addictive? And does tobacco addiction need to be addressed differently than other addictions?
1: Yeah, that's a great question. Um, The simple answer to the lighter part of your question is, yes, it needs to be addressed differently than other addictions. You know, with all um, addiction, there is a physiological, you know, a body-oriented component and a, a psychological component. You know, our bodies adjust whenever we... If, you know, if you eat cheese, you know, a pound of cheese every day, your body is going to adjust to accommodate that. And the same goes for any anything that we put in into our body. So, so each thing that we're in relationship with. If we want to shift the relationship, we have to look uniquely at that thing and what its attributes are. Um, my understanding is that that tobacco and nicotine are so addictive because they are so powerful. You know, it goes back to what I mentioned earlier, the fact that, that nicotine and tobacco, especially when it's smoked, is like a Swiss army knife. It can help you achieve... The mental states, the emotional states that you are feeling you need at the moment, whether that's conscious or unconscious. As far as I know, there is no other substance, no other plant that's ever been discovered that does this. It's extremely powerful. And, you know, the thing is, what sets us slightly apart from our other living primate relatives on the planet is that we have, um, you know, in the, since the beginning of the cognitive revolution, the the you know, end of the last ice age, we have all of the sudden hanging off the front of our head all of this extra circuitry that, that other creatures don't have that have given us this gift and, you know, some might say curse of reflexive self-consciousness. I mean we are consciously aware of being conscious and that has consequences. And what we know is that nicotine and tobacco Actually, interact with that part of the brain, the the prefrontal cortex, quite extensively, and can help shift um, those states of awareness. So, you know, this, this this substance, because it imitates the body's most prevalent neurotransmitter, acetylcholine, goes right to the core of our brain circuitry and and our and all the machinery that that makes us aware and awake and makes us aware of being aware.
0: Wow. um, I'm sort of sitting here kind of having a little bit of my own realization. I hope the listeners are that what you're really talking about is not only healing our relationship with ourself and our bodies, but healing the relationship with tobacco and um that, that relationship, like I'm thinking, <laughs> you know, I, I humanize everything, um, but I'm thinking like, you know, if I'm having a problem in a relationship with a person and I have decided that that person is evil, right, and, and every time they come around, I'm going to have a, a kind of a battle with them or their energy or their presence, right, and that, that I can equate to having a bad relationship with tobacco, right? Like that, number one, that's an evil thing, not recognizing that maybe what it is is a powerful thing. And like the Sorcerer's Apprentice, if it's in the wrong hands, it can cause a lot, wreck a lot of havoc. But in the, in the hands of someone who knows how to use it or utilize it or work with it, now we have something completely different.
1: That is so deeply insightful, Loretta. That is really the, the key um, Tobacco really is a metaphor for so many other um, powerful things that are occurring uh, that exist on this planet. That, that because of our um, tendency to label, to um, to demonize, creates huge conflict. You know, what if we are, What if we gain collectively more skillful means in taking a step back and being curious? and asking the question, wow, what is this thing that I've always characterized as negative or harmful or dangerous? What is it really? And this kind of goes back to the positive psychology piece. Um, We are, according to many positive psychologists, are caught in this trap of negativity bias, Mm -hmm. Um, that whenever there's something presented to us that's new and novel, or that we don't completely understand, the mind naturally goes to labeling that as dangerous or negative. And um, while that bias provided our ancestors with tremendous adaptive advantage, you know, you see a, a lion for the first time, and instead of going, oh, look at that cute thing, and you know, getting eaten by the lion, you are wary, and you step back and you create a, a, a negative label, which sometimes will persist through lifetimes, um, that very tool that helped us adapt so beautifully in, in, in the early days um, isn't necessarily as helpful in the modern world. Mm-hmm. And it goes back to the original point you made about how careful we need to be about labeling things us versus them, good versus bad, um, it shuts down the process of creative inquiry.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, so, I don't know if you can, I think you can not answer this. What, what would be your vision or your, your idea of focus of how what you're offering, like this different relationship with tobacco, how that could change the tobacco scene in the United States. I mean, I'm trying to imagine what would happen if suddenly people recognized that they need to respect it it, (laughs) rather than just consume it.
1: That's exactly exactly right. My vision is based on the belief that there are a threshold of people out there that are you know using tobacco and that wish to use it in a different way or wish to relieve the um the negative aspects of dependence that that are also interested in in learning and growing i think there's a threshold of people that if we were able to work with those people and collaborate and provide them the tools that are on the all of my relations um site that that threshold is kind of like the hundred monkey effect we we would be able to catalyze a much broader transformation and understanding and hopefully the ripples of that would would go out to many other topics where there is this illusion of, of something being simply evil. Um, you know my hope also at a real practical level is that two years from now, three years from now, the you know, the All of My Relations platform will address a whole myriad, a whole range of different places in people's lives where they want to achieve more balance and harmony mm-hmm. and and uh, healthful healthy relationships.
0: Yeah, yeah, I, I get that even with calling it all my relations, like that opens a doorway into other areas that um, I think this could go to. Um, I've, I've got a question for you. I know you've done a lot of uh, work and study with you know um, curanderos and and shamans and so forth and and it's just a curious question can a can a curandero or a shaman can they direct what the outcome is going to be with tobacco and I'm the question really has to do with your involvement in the program.
1: Oh my goodness yes, okay. um, I have witnessed and actually been a participant in circles where. The, the officiant of the circle, the person, the ceremonialist, the curandero or current, has such a deep relationship with the, the, the plant, such a deep communion, that the people in the circle in, in the course of the ceremony might actually consume many-fold the quantity of, of a given plant uh, that would be under nominal circumstances lethal absolutely lethal but because of the the relationship um the outcome is actually beneficial no i'm not at all advocating anybody go out and, <laughs> and try anything like this this is a very ancient very specific and um um very very uh, um, it, it's something you don't want to try but but i've witnessed this and it's it's quite you know quite profound it's it's you know, these are. This is one of the things that kind of shook my moorings as a scientist in the early days when I was completely 100% bought into the the Western um, me- mechanistic analytical view of how the universe worked. I kept seeing all of these um, exceptions that just didn't fit into the Western mm-hmm. uh, science framework, and that was certainly uh, Lorena is one of the cases where people can actually pray with a plant and 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 shift um, its medicinal uh, outcome.
0: That is uh, fantastic. i I could ask ten thousand questions on that one alone. but I want to bring out a point you and I kind of touched a little bit during the break. and i I asked you if you'd done any work with marijuana. And um, I think you said you hadn't, but you made a good comment. And the reason I'm bringing it up is, of course, for my listeners, you know, m- marijuana is legal in the state of Washington, and a lot of my clients have gotten into what I call over smoking of marijuana. Can you make a comment about that in any way that you can?
1: Oh, abso- absolutely. So, what I know about um, what I know about her, and, and she's known in many indigenous circles as a, as a female intelligence, is that she's very tricky in terms of. Um, what she starts to do in people's bodies and minds when she feels like she's not being honored uh-huh. so um, overuse unconscious use of anything is is you know one and the same as not honoring the plant one of the simplest things that people who work work with or enjoy um, marijuana can do is is actually stop for a second and say thank you and recognize the possibility that the plant is something other than just a a, a piece of a dead weed Um, to actually on a regular basis walk outside and touch the ground and give an offering you know some flower petals or some cornmeal or something and say oh thank you for this plant yeah thank you mother earth for giving this uh, to me this thing that helps relax me and helps me enjoy um it's really interesting in in um on the east coast you know long long ago marijuana was a medicine part of the cherokee pharmacopeia of 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 medicine the tool chest but it was only a woman's medicine
0: ah got it and so i have to cut in there because we're out of time uh this is loretta brown my guest today is jeffrey firewalker schmidt phd and really find him at allofmyrelations.com and, uh, and, and get into his program if you want to end your tobacco addiction. Thank you so much, Jeff, and blessings to everybody. Have a great week.